0: Good joke, man. You're listening to Motorhead Monthly, the only Motorhead Monthly podcast on the internet that's called Motorhead Monthly.
1: Yeah, we had to change that because of
0: yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Which I still haven't heard many good things about.
1: Yeah, no, I...
0: it's still going though.
1: Yeah, they can... they've got one of one of Phil's sons on the last one, I think. Didn't they? I've not listened to
0: it. well, neither have I.
1: And neither should you. Yeah. <laughs> if you well, on. to be fair, we could use that to generate content for here as well. Uh, yeah, <laughs> so I, guess,
0: I guess when we've done all the albums, we can go listen to all the Motorhead podcast. So speaking of generating content, people at home, this isn't an album episode because we're because uh,
1: personal reasons. We it, it's it's a lot going on. <laughs> yeah, we're all
0: busy people, and we need we need a quick one to get out. But really though, Matt, what I wanted to do was before we move into the two thousand nine. Era plus, like I think, don't don't hate me for saying this to the world, but I think the 2000 seven uh, uh, seven eight maybe six era is peak motorhead.
1: Hmm. I don't. I've got a soft spot for like Inferno, yeah. like that's uh, Inferno, and then like Bitter of Kiss of Death and Bitter Hammered. Like I really like that era, but Inferno is probably my favorite of the modern era. i think that's like the nostalgia factor of growing up with it sure there's
0: that but i think like what i wanted to do was watch the episode of roadies so i could i could demonstrate my point of like there was a time mid early 2000s where interest re-peaked in the band and there were Mm -hmm. there were points where they were like on this they were like we can go to manchester or we can go to liverpool or we can do both we'll sell wherever we go and it's a good argument that shows this in the show people are at home on the internet Confirm me that this is a show, because Matt doesn't remember it exists. It was on UK Play, one of those jarg, like, early terrestrial digital channels. And it was a documentary series that followed bands on tour. They did one with Bowling for Soup. They did one with UB40. And it was about the roadies. Matt doesn't like Bowling for Soup. That's a different conversation for a different time. It's on UB40. <laughs> oh, Okay. But, like, it totally did exist. And I, and it was on an extra DVD for something with a CD, I can't remember what it was. I know I own it. I'm looking around my flat for it now. It's somewhere in here. It's not on my motorhead shelf, but I know I own it. So if you know you own it too, let me know what it is.
1: We'll find it, it. It'll turn up. I, I, um,
0: when I've got time to clean and move everything around in the house, I'll find it. But now, for now, let's look at something something else to document the period that I'm talking about, which is a documentary you can find online uh called motorhead live fast Die Old, which is a documentary from one
1: 2005 i think or according to imdb so it what is.
0: album would they be touring for this
1: uh inferno's 04 yeah. so inferno kiss of death
0: good stuff from inferno kiss yeah. of death yeah and, and we're still at the point where like, hammered has been around long enough that we can just do the you know the hits from that mm. as well as still doing all the other. Stuff. it's pika white
1: shoe lemmy period <laughs> we don't have to go through and name the very I just consider is... the three of them to be <laughs> honest like rather than the white shoe period well, the, the, the Iron Cross period the 2000s
0: the... are their own subsections of periods because there's the 2000s cowboy hat period and there's mm. the post cowboy hat period and then there's the return to the cowboy hat period because there's a whole backstory about that cowboy hat going missing and being returned that we'll talk about I I don't know that
1: oh yeah I, I, was... I thought there was many hats
0: no there, um... there's one that was stolen and then it was returned by an anonymous source. Anonymous source. Because, so the guy who stole it. <laughs> well, according to this story that I remember reading from a Motorhead forum, uh, they were at a party. Some Motorhead fans were at a party, and some guy was bragging about having Lemmy's hat. And they're like, no, dude, that's not cool. And they stole the hat from this guy they were at the party with and just returned it to Lemmy backstage, but they didn't want to be known because the, the dude would find them and beat their asses. Yeah. Right. yeah. Uh, but that's all the stole story for <laughs> it. And. That marks a period of motorheadness. Like when he was on uh, Buzzcocks, was post uh, hat period.
1: Yeah, because he didn't, it's weird that, because he doesn't have the mustache. Exactly, yeah. he's
0: trying different things because he felt lost without his hat. Ah, but then there's yes. the period when he gets the hat back, which is like uh, motorized, where it's like classic look again. We're, we're talking about all kinds of shit that's not really involved with what we're going to watch, which is Motorhead Live Fast, Die Old. And we're going to watch that now, and we'll come back to you after that. Check one, check two.
1: Check, check. We working there, yeah. We are indeed, yeah.
0: Mind the wires, and that will be a race. So that was the two thousand three filmed documentary from the two thousand three tour. Uh, what did you think of that, man?
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Put that on the box uh. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Um. I I don't know. It, it it seemed like it didn't really go that deep into into things. It was kind of like. They covered a lot of stuff, but it wasn't really in-depth. It was a TV documentary, for sure. Yeah. I kind of felt like a lot of stuff in there was almost lifted from, like, White Line Fever. Mm -hmm. You know, like, the autobiography. Like, I feel like a lot of it was just almost, like, the highlights from that, but just filmed over the tour.
0: Yeah, I think they came in there with a very clear objective to be, like, look at this old band that are still doing it, uh, but... I don't think that's a fair assessment at all of Motorhead. And I'm not just saying that as a devotee of Motorhead. Like, if you filmed, like, fucking even Hawkwind, you'd be like, oh, Hawkwind is still going? Really? Hmm. But, like, Motorhead are still going, putting out new albums with different kind of songs on them. You know, they're constantly on tour. They're not just, like, a gimmick band that are surviving off this. Like, this is just what they do.
1: Yeah there's there's something right at the start where the interview there's a bit of an interview with with Lemmy where he's he's kind of humble about it mm. um and he's saying you know the band aren't anywhere near as big as they once were and everything but we we're still out there still putting out stuff and then like he he puts the spin of it by saying Joe you know, like well what was it it's good enough to last and you deserve us. <laughs> like yeah, That's a good line. Yeah. Um
0: the fact that they were just a surviving band from touring at this point in the 2000s is admirable enough but they just made it they made it seem like they was like it was a sad case but it definitely wasn't.
1: Yeah, I feel there's, there was like a real sense of and like not as a slant against the directors or like the narrator or or anything like that but I feel there was quite a few inconsistencies like it starts off by saying you know oh, they topped the charts with Ace of Spades mm-hmm. and it's like well they they didn't top the charts with Ace of Spades it was No Sleep that got them the number one album um, and it was like right at the end as well where they say I'll oh, you because know, the tour culminates in, in, like, the gig at Hammersmith, mm-hmm. and they say, like, the legendary No Sleep so Hammersmith was recorded here, and it's like, n- no, it mm-hmm. wasn't. That's, like, that's part of the joke that a lot of the I drum mean, leads. Yeah.
0: I guess the thing with, especially the TV documentaries, is it's like a, a, a yuppie t- t- TV production company of being saying, t- well, let's go film Motorhead. That'll be fun. They'll do wacky rock star things. They're not, they're not actually. It's like the, the the Lemmy documentary was made by someone who actually cared about music. Mm. You can see that.
1: Yeah, that fit. That feels it. It goes into a bit more detail. Um, yeah, this this feels like it. It's scraping the surface, and there's some interesting things there. But you feel as soon as it starts to get to a point where you're like, oh, I wouldn't mind knowing a bit more about that. Then it'll cut to the next topic.
0: Yes, it's not very in depth.
1: Yeah. Um. Do you want to go through sort of... Well, I'm not saying scene by scene, but I've made some notes on this. Yeah, Yeah, the beats. So, obviously, like, a big part is, at the start, it's... I guess,ing it's in LA because it's in Lemmy's apartment. apartment yeah. yeah, so it's it's shown around all the Natty memorabilia yeah. and everything, which we've which we've spoken about before. I'm still a bit like they brush past
0: it pretty quickly. Like if you were just a casual observer, you like, hang on, is that a swatch sticker there?
1: Yeah, I mean, there's obviously there's a lot of that iconography just in in motorheads. There's, image, there's but...
0: skulls and wings. There's no swatch stickers. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah, there's not the swastikas, but there is like the iron cross and things. And I, again, to quote, to quote Mitchell and Webb, um, "the skulls on our uniforms <laughs> are we the baddies?" <laughs> um, it, it just never sat well with me that, and I, I don't really know. I don't get like we were talking, you were talking about UK TV play earlier, weren't you? Yeah. And like, if you go on. Like, right now, if anyone's got access to it, go on the app and look at the box sets. And, like, I joke with the wife about, like, because it's like Hitler's sex bunker, <laughs> Hitler's, Hitler's homemade tank, Hitler's, and, like, everything is, there's nothing on, like, the Allies or even, or, Any sort of other part of like modern history, it's all just Hitler and the Nazis. People are
0: interested in that
1: guy, yeah. It's just like like Hitler's wives, Hitler's secret wives, Hitler's secret sex wives. (laughs) Like, fucking hell, like how many? Like, it's really is that have we not done everything now? (laughs) Yeah, um, but yeah, they start to go. This is like one of the things I find quite interesting in turn or like the interesting things because they're actually talking to me about what is what is the band about what's mm-hmm. the philosophy behind it because it's there's bands that like come and go but obviously with with that sort of stay in power it is almost like a cult behind it and everything he was saying like technically motörhead's like an anti-politics band yeah. like if anything motörhead equals anarchy like that's that's the whole thing about it it's anti politics as much as possible and some bands like thrive on that that association because it it drives their music yeah like it, it's dead weird because we don't seem to get because rock and roll used to be a form of process music sure hmm. and i find it dead weird that it you almost seem to get more of that sort of process music during times of like left-wing or liberalism than you do like during mm. right-wing phases like just rage against the machine as an example because obviously big during clinton and it sort of fizzled out towards a, towards the two thousand after the breakup and everything I always find like like dead weirds. Like you expect it's like oh like Trump got in. It's like oh yeah there'll be some some amazing like process music coming out. And it's just nothing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure there's some stuff out there, but do you know there's what? I a lot always find like, like,
0: it... random punk bands that came up with that stuff, but you know, no one fucking heard it. Yeah, I always
1: I always find it a dead weird antithesis that like it's a it's a process music, but generally you, you find it at generally the the less right wing mm-hmm. times. Um, so yeah, that's that's one of the bits I found like like really interesting, them them talking about that and it's like right the band is technically nothing like he hates the conservatives and hates New Labour and like you know do away with them all yeah good so do find it quite interesting that they don't sit on like any side of the fence
0: politicians are all bastards yep yeah He's made, <laughs>
1: written enough songs about it. Like that's
0: the same section where he says when uh, the interviewer asks him, like, how have Motorhead survived this long? And he, like, what, what gave him their staying power? And he said, like, we just never gave up. Yeah. Which is just, and I, like, Lemmy's a very quotable guy. and It's it's very uh, apparent in this documentary how quotable he is. But that, like, the simplicity of that line just speaks out to me. It's mm. just like, you know, it's, it's, what's that quote? Um uh, Luck is when preparation meets opportunity. You know what I mean? Mm. Like The reason why Motorhead were around for so many years is because they grinded for it. Which, again, is the point we were talking about in the beginning. Yeah. They were were a grinding band that worked hard. Yeah. They weren't just some fly-by-night show.
1: Another another line from like that same part of the interview where they were like, "Do you ever get tired of, of doing this?" And it's like, "Well, I've, I've never tried not doing it."
0: Yeah. <laughs> what else is he gonna do? Again,
1: like dead quotable things and sort of getting the point across to the interviewer, like how old are you? Like twenty four, and it's like I've been playing with Phil for nineteen yeah. years. <laughs> like I I know him more than his family. I see him more than his family.
0: I was gonna throw this out there. Do you think the uh, the only agreed to do this interview so they could have a twenty four year old girl following them around? Gosh, there's some creepy bits there with Mickey D. Like, you know.
1: yeah, he he doesn't come Mickey across. Mickey D does not come across well. In this. No, it's like every everything he's either drunk or or stones and everything. It's
0: he never comes across well.
1: <laughs> I know. I I think part of it it's like the accent and everything is it's very like on the nose. There's not. He speaks his mind, and because of the way he speaks, yeah, it kind okay. of is more forceful and hearted, And there's no metaphor. There's no sort of beating around mm-hmm. the bush or anything. It's just straight in there. Like the one that got me was like where he gets his tobacco, and he's like, "This." Oh yeah, the, yeah. he's talking
0: about like fucking chew, any
1: he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like you, yeah, you know, oh, what's he? Because he Cause even says you'll be able to smoke in and everywhere <laughs> in
0: ten, 10 years from now. No one will be allowed to smoke anywhere, so everyone's yeah. going to be doing chew yeah <laughs> you were fucking wrong there bro. yeah see
1: well it could have gone that way but no but they... instead
0: we invented an electric cigarettes who would have saw that coming yeah Which... they aren't technically cigarettes and they embalm you from the inside
1: out i'd I love where it's like because wasn't it to get around the ban? but then just places like said yeah we don't want people blowing like <laughs> stupid colored fucking flavored smoke in people's faces technically that's worse <laughs> Oh.
0: 2003 what a what a crazy time
1: yeah i again like speaking of stuff that's not aged those were my next points um mm. yeah some of lemmy's quite misogynistic comments and well, like, like
0: they were they were forcing that like that they, yeah they found the footage that supported that and then there was a the, put the voiceover when she described them as a self-confessed lap dance addict yeah i sincerely doubt he's ever used those words in that succession no. He's probably said he likes tits and he likes going to lappies, but he's never said he was a lap dance addict.
1: I mean, I wish they brought this. They should have linked this part with something that's said by Mickey and Tim Butcher, like you know the bass tech at the very end where they say he's got a very hard job because he's got thirty years at this point experience in the business. This is a
0: guy who needs to unwind, and this is how he chooses to do it. Well,
1: I'm not necessarily saying that. I'm saying it's more he's got this image that. He needs to keep up. True as well. And yeah. I'm I think part of it comes you know, like you say like, the gimmick. Yeah. Yep.
0: He needs to be seen out there so people can still tell these stories about oh Lemmy's still going, and, you know, he can't be killed and he's always at the Harvey's.
1: Yeah, I mean the K Fave is strong it, with this the K-fave one. K-fave
0: <laughs> worked though, didn't it? Because like he died when he was what, eighty something?
1: Lemmy? Yeah. In 70. 70. And
0: and even then it was a surprise. Because we Hmm. were just like, oh shit, Lemmy's dead. Oh, this old man who's been on the road forever and is full of drugs died at 70 and you're surprised.
1: Yeah. (laughs) I mean, as as he said, I think they, like, later on, because he said he asked about regular health checks anyway because of going Mm -hmm. on tour. And that the doctor said he he was great for a for a while. Obviously, we know he became diabetic at some point, which is why he switched to to Jack and Orange. Even then, it was the, not Jack and Orange it was, it was vodka the, orange. That yeah. Was it.
0: Yeah. Even then, it was like a, a random cancer thing. The gum. It wasn't like mm. his kidneys shut down or anything, or his lungs.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I've <laughs> made some notes of of the uh, the comments. Like there was, she, I think she, the interviewer strikes a bit of a nerve. Or like, because she mentions about what's classed as rock and roll, and he's like, "Oh, even Britney's classed as rock and oh, roll," and it sort of gets a bit vitriolic, sort of saying, "You know, oh, she's probably not getting laid much now." And the, then
0: the, the, this is, a, you know, the the era of like CDs are still kind of big business. They're yeah, not as big as they, like Napsters. Yeah, so he must he's been taking financial hits around this point. And it's going hmm. down, and it's only going to keep going yeah. down for him, unfortunately.
1: But yeah, there's the few. See, you can
0: see why he's lashing out at like successful pop musicians. Cause yeah, he wishes he had their money.
1: Yeah, I mean, a lot of he's he's right that a lot of pop music is is sort of fads. But I mean, she has kind of stuck around, and I'm not gonna. I haven't watched the the recent documentaries, no, really? the framing and the conservatorship and everything. But yeah, you know, from from what I've read, she hasn't necessarily got it, got it easy as maybe you would like to think. I don't know. Anyway, sort of the next I think this was probably my favourite bit, um, the next sort of segment because it was the interview with the super fans. Oh yeah. Um
0: where they corroborated my story about Lemmy's hat.
1: Yeah, yeah. So yeah, if you if as long as you keep that in um, <laughs> and not like move back to it, but yeah, so it was the guy with just so many tattoos and everything, which is I get you might want to have one or two, but he's got, like, the back of his head is full back. (laughs) And then, like, just the band members on, like, his legs and things. And it's... I don't know. I always find that a bit... I I get maybe have, like, a little something. And I I know people, like, use their body as, like, a canvas and everything and let artists Mm -hmm. paint on it. But I I just feel like when... Like if they are settled down with like a wife or girlfriend or boyfriend or or whatever, do you know what I mean? It's like, why have you got <laughs> like portraits of free men on your legs?
0: <sighs> I'm guessing that guy's got weird stuff he's into. That's and in that in that scene, whatever it is, they're okay with that kind of stuff. So, you know, happy hunting. Yeah. <laughs> bon appetit.
1: <laughs> My favourite bit, though, was where, because, like, to be fair, they were saying about, like, you know, the super fans, they, they're rewarded for their loyalty, <laughs> as it were. Yeah. So they'll get, like, they'll follow the band on tour, and then the band will look after them by, like, you know, meeting them and giving, and giving them, them a, a dressing room, room. But, room. but there's, like, <laughs> there's, like, 12 of them in this <laughs> tiny room, <laughs> all just, like, sat in chairs around the corner. Um just like and there's there's some like there's one guy there who's like he's obviously trying to get the Lemmy look he's kind of got. They got the mustache. It
0: was like the hardcore tattoo muscle guy, uh the the wannabe lemmy old rocker, and then just some some guys who work in IT. I know, love right? the the it's Kevin Eldon looking <laughs>
1: guy, and like anybody's who's seen it will know. No normal looking me. blokes. was like, oh yes, yes, yeah. uh, no, follow the band around for years, and, <laughs> and then yes, there's a story of Lemmy's hats. <laughs> <laughs> it's like just like dead matter of fact. He was brilliant. Yeah,
0: he's great. It takes all sorts.
1: Yeah, with his, like, bowl haircut and <laughs> everything. He was great. It was like, the mo- if he didn't have the motor t-shirt on, you'd be thinking, what the fuck are you doing in there? <laughs> oh. But, yeah, like, um, then it cuts to sort of the band, or I keep saying the band. I'll I'll make this point a bit later on, but Lemmy sort of saying, you know, well, you do stuff for the fans like you could, you know, they're do like charity singles for kids and everything, and if it just helps one kid, mm-hmm. you know what? Surely that's worth it. If it helps one person, I suppose that's what. As that's long as that what music kid didn't all grow up like. to be a massive dick. <laughs> yeah, no, but in in terms of like just be like being in the in the creative industries, I suppose if you you know if you reached like a few people, it's better than sure. like reaching reaching no one. You can at least you know take solace in the fact that it's like you create something and others have enjoyed it. Yeah. It's not the easiest thing to do. Um, and saying, like, we've, again, a bit of a a swipe at Motorhead's politics by saying, um, do we fed the world um, hmm. when politicians wouldn't and everything. So we see Live A's and everything there, which obviously they were around at the time, but they didn't. They definitely they didn't play, play Live A No. <laughs> Right. <laughs> I'm trying to think where I've got next. I seem to have lost the page. There is.
0: You want to to the unedited version of um, <laughs> <laughs> Microsoft, Microsoft Monthly? Yeah, the of um. monthly. That's how unedited this is. I'm going to leave that all in.
1: I think the next bit was about the lap dance and stuff, which we sort of alluded to earlier. Yeah. I was quite surprised they allowed the cameras in there, but...
0: It's almost you, like it was set up.
1: Yeah, you could tell, like... Lemmy and the band because I mean, it, it shows like one shot of Lemmy at the bar like surrounded by people and like, it doesn't like show how, uh... him again and like the only time <laughs> time he films him he tells him to fuck off
0: Yeah, I like how the whole part of this like was meant to look like deviant sex addicts and uh, the whole documentary as the thing was like look at these old rockers but for the whole thing for Campbell was just like I just like a bit of cider. And, I, and when yeah. he to him, he's laying down in comfortable clothes, and then he's like, oh, I'm going home for a day to walk the dog.
1: Yeah, and the missus will send me to Tesco. Yeah. <laughs> I he's won't being, see much of it. Yeah, he's
0: just doing proper normal fella stuff while oh, they're see. still trying to paint them as just like fucking rolling stones in the peak.
1: Yeah, I know it's, I because he, he does say he used to have two bottles of vodka a day and then used to fight with Lenny, <laughs> so he doesn't do that anymore. But it's, I mean, I'm sure he'll have kids by this time, won't he? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he just seems like dead dead. it's such like an antithesis to the rest of them. Um, but yeah, the lap dancing things, like... Let's say the only time it shows him in the lap dancing bar, or let me in the lap dancing bar, he tells him to fuck off, because yes. he's... <laughs> it's like it's his times. So I, I thought that was unnecessary, that fair thought. There was some good stories I from think
0: it. They, they left in a lot of stuff when he was annoyed that he was being followed on purpose
1: yeah I don't understand why because I know Bandal had some sort of sign off on this but I mean was was that really the best
0: we saw the size of the tour bus it's not big and now you know, they follow him on the tour bus they've got him the first thing he wakes up in the hotel he tries to unwind by going to lapos, and they follow him there as well
1: yeah I thought I thought that was unnecessary. Like, Didn't I d- trying to aggravate him. I think. Yeah, I know. It, it led to some good stories about him saying like sex is the most fun you can have without laughing. Yeah. So I another quote, really quotable line, and then saying I'm sure
0: that's in the in the Lemmy quote book is uh, sex is the most fun you can have with your clothes off or something like that. <laughs> something like what, Something like that.
1: Yeah. And then the um the other story about have there ever been a kiss and tell about you, it's like mm-hmm. yeah yeah someone wrote into the the the, the mail on Sunday and said I was tied to the bed for 12 hours. And he wrote in a letter of complaint to the editor so, saying he wasn't actually tied to the bed. He was hung from the ceiling.
0: <laughs> what dry, cool wit.
1: So, yeah, we the next sort of section of this documentary is where they start talking about sort of drug, drugs and drug use within yeah, the vans. Yeah,
0: they, they couldn't get any of the band on camera doing drugs to show like look how wild these guys are so they just got some random dude that they picked up (sighs) he wasn't a manager he wasn't part of the band he was just some old friend of the band doing like one bump of cocaine in the morning
1: again like that was one of the bits where it's like it does that really need to be in that just to to like add a bit of like oh it's edgy someone doing drugs on on camera yeah
0: like well we need some we need some edge for channel four
1: yeah but yeah, it's it's sort of up and down with the with the drug section, isn't it? Because it, there's some funny stories about speed and, and acid, and then the antithesis of
0: he tells that he tells that story about his his girlfriend dying, and like every time someone asks him about heroin,
1: yeah, I mean it's awful, and like like I I know I've read the story about um about his friend where the they all chipped in to get him. To they, get him a hit, yeah, to get thought through the were day. they doing him a favour because he looked yeah, so yeah.
0: bad. It's like he needs to function, we need to just give him some money so he can, you know, yeah. not necessarily get high, just so he can straighten himself out and so not get the shakes.
1: Yeah, because I know heroin is one of the things where you can, there's a few substances, alcohol is one of them as well, where you can, your body becomes dependent to the point, there's certain there's certain substances which you can not take and like you'll have withdrawal and everything, but you'll be fine, but your body becomes dependent on some of those substances. So you act, that's why you have to treat heroin addiction with methadone, because if you don't, then your body shuts down. You mm-hmm. can it's serious risk of death and everything, but yeah, it's just it's an awful, horrible story. But by this, by the same token, I'm sure there's plenty of people who've died from overdoses like speed and cocaine mm-hmm. and, and everything, it's not I'm not saying he's he's a hypocrite for sort of saying, like, obviously he's got a line in the sand of where, where he draws it and opiates are over that mm-hmm. line. And I'm sure everyone has their own, like, personal lines, but, you know, like, it is sort of difficult to sit or difficult to watch, like, on one side where he's saying, like, yeah, this substance should be banned, but this one's fine, even though it causes similar amount of death. Yeah, I guess but, so. Yeah. yeah mean, again like everyone's got their line because you know some no alcohol at all because that probably causes as many deaths as as heroin same with smoking but some are legal some aren't and even some of the illegal ones people have the lines drawn there it's a difficult one but yeah it's
0: and it's also not one for lemmy to sort out you know let, no. let him have a stance on it He's he's not encouraging anyone to do anything. He's living his life. Well, he mm. was living his life. He's dead now. You're listening to a break in the <laughs> unedited version. I'm going of... through my <laughs> notes.
1: Um...
0: Do you know what else I didn't like about this? Is I feel like the... Uh one of the many things that have tried to do the whole like like, having a bastard father who was a priest set him up for life to hate religion Hmm. I mean he mentions in it how it gave gave him a a curious eye against it but I don't think that's all it comes from I think it just comes from an intelligent man looking at the state of the world saying religion's really not helping us here guys yeah
1: and saying like it's all got it's all with the best intentions but really as we know from like song lyrics and stuff it's it's not so much about the intentions it's about people lining their own pockets and having their own agenda like that's that's the problem with it because I'm sure if religion was all about just practicing what they actually preached then we wouldn't have as much as many troubles as we got but well, wait, at the end well, of the day, like, everyone's got an agenda, and unfortunately a lot of that agenda is to power and influence.
0: Yeah, you know, what I'm saying is, like, the whole uh, his dad being a priest and being a dick thing is, just like, it's like movie fodder, you know what I mean? Like, it's, like, inconsequential,
1: isn't it? Because it's, like, he...
0: It's not that big a deal. When they make the Lemmy biopic, like, that's going to be, like, that scene where he's at the pizza shop talking to his dad is going to be, like, a big pivotal moment, and I don't think it really needs to be... Even no. he acts like it isn't because he says to his dad, like, look, just give me some money and we'll be square. You know? Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's,
0: it's not like he was he needed to get something off his chest and tell him this and yada, yada, yada. But anyway, that's it's, yeah, he, documentaries are a narrative piece at the end of the day, and that was what the narrative they were trying to establish.
1: Yeah. I mean, he does go into sort of a bit more detail on sort of religion and everything afterwards because he says it, it's commitment. It's, it's boring, and that's not that's what him yeah. and the band mm-hmm. live for. The only thing he's committed to is the band.
0: Yeah, that's where he also brings up his uh, no no wives on the bus policy. No wives on the
1: bus. <laughs> um, yeah, just, that's a bit of an, an odd one. Like, I've got more... For, I don't know, I get, get where he's coming but, from. Because
0: like, yeah. the way he's approaching it, it's like, this is your job. This is what you do. And like he says in yeah. the documentary, if you worked in a factory, you wouldn't bring your wife to the
1: factory floor with you. Knitting in the corner. <laughs> I kind of get that, but technically, I suppose you working from soundcheck to end of the gig i I don't know i think it's a bit especially when some have got families and openly brags about i've seen him more than his wife and kids (laughs) over the (laughs) last 20 years um yeah because they they sort of use that as a bit of an awkward segue to talk about his kids then Mm -hmm. um so he mentions two children the first one that was adopted at young a very young age and I don't know it's if they been do that long know since now. I
0: read White Lion Fever. Like, I don't know if that comes up much in it. And like, I know I he talks remember. about son Paul a few times, but not that one.
1: Yeah, I just feel it's a bit of like an awkward topic because obviously he mentions like this one kid who's like they he thinks it's best that he doesn't know who his dad mm. is. I I I just find it really odd juxtaposed with the way his dad was and that he's so like angry at him for being a a shit dad and walking out. Hmm. yeah at uh, three months for that's that bit sits a bit awkward really
0: yeah this this is this is a whole side conversation about like you know how how and why one should approach this with personal philosophies and stuff, but again, like we said a few minutes ago, like it's just a guy with a job at the end of the day, like he's not he's not saint lemmy, yeah, <laughs> he's just lemmy, yes,
1: yeah, that's, that's the thing, and that's what annoys me about like a lot of reverence in in rock and roll that front men especially are gods and Mm. they're not um like like, i don't keep coming back to this line line from is it underbite by protest the hero like an illusion seldom spoken an understanding between you and i that the ground that you stand on is somehow less than mine like fucking like that whole song is just about like, this fucking pomp and circumstance and bullshit of being a front man and everything. But that line's, like, just fucking... Like, just really sort of hits that. Just bridge breaks and shatters that that entire illusion. And, like, I get it. Like, because, again, coming back to that point, Tim and Mickey mentioned he's got a persona to live up to. Mm-hmm. He's got a reputation that he needs to maintain. I even but... You know, it's like where where is that line drawn? What's him playing up for the camera, and what is just yeah. the way the way he is? I think the thing with the children is probably the way he is, as opposed to because I mean, what rocks are or what what thing is going to look good? Like bragging, it's like oh yeah, I'm a shit father to my, to my kids. Well, not shit, but like I'm an absentee father. It's like yeah, rock and roll.
0: <laughs> it's a, it's a whole different thing if he was there, like from the get go but like you know they had kids when they were young and then hmm. like gave the kid away and they moved on with their life without him in and yeah. assumed that they would be better without them
1: it's a difficult one
0: difficult difficult lemon difficult <laughs> we know that he got on well with his, his other son Paul like yeah. because he's in the Lemmy documentary or he is, is
1: yeah yeah, I think he. I've seen him in documentaries and everything obviously he's supportive but I, I don't know I don't know, like it's at the end of the day there's like there's not just him involved in the parental responsibilities and yeah. no. everything. As you say, like if from the sounds of it both of these were kept sort of away from him, so hmm. what what is he supposed to do? You can't you can't you can't do anything about it if you don't know it. Yeah. You only really find out about Paul by accident as well hmm. from the sounds of it, or the way he tells her. Um then I feel it kind of gets to the I'm not saying the big scene, but the big arguments <laughs> of the film <laughs> where they play Manchester Academy, and there's a few arguments between the band been because Apollo,
0: wouldn't
1: it? Oh, I might have been the Apollo. I'm not too sure. I don't. I know they play the Uni a few times. so It could that, have been the Apollo. That was the Apollo. Yeah. Uh, I yeah. remember the outside show. Yes, because the the tour buses are outside pub. the pub. Yeah, it's definitely the Apollo. So they <laughs> Again, like, I I don't know how wise this is, but I think Mickey says it's a shitty crowd. I don't,
0: yeah. 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 He comes across as a dick. I've never been in the crowd for that gig and thinking it was fucking amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how he judges good from bad. Mm. Well, who was louder and where. But so what What happens after this in the times of the time? Because well, they say in the documentary, it's like, oh, we're not coming back here.
1: Yeah. Do yeah, Phil says. There? Well, they."
0: they do, but when?
1: I don't know when, but I know the argument stems from, and like, again, like, where, where do you draw the line with this? Like, cause the venue says it wants them out by a certain time, <laughs> by the time that that was agreed. <laughs> like, and then the band are pissed off because they have to be out of the venue at the agreed time. And like, I'm not, I'm again, not attitudes, I'm yeah, like... it's just a bit like, oh, just the assumption that we're, but we're Motorhead, we're not. <laughs> We're not like John from across the road <laughs> playing here. Do you Do you know who we are? It's like, so I think that's a bit. But I they, don't know. What. Did
0: they not play there the next year?
1: The I remember them playing Liverpool in two thousand four because I was at
0: uni. I'm pretty sure they did both. You know, because I remember there was a good period there when I saw them twice mm. a year.
1: I definitely they played Liverpool oh four and oh eight and I know o four because I was at uni and i didn't I didn't go to that gig I went to the one in Sheffield right. but I've heard a story about that and again linking back to to how he is with the fans and everything and rewarding the fans like someone always told me a story that they saw him in the guild and um you know, there was there was some people there who were like, Oh, it's let me and they went over to him and said, Oh, to big fans and everything and he was like, He coming in the gig tonight and they're like, Oh no, we can't afford it and everything. He went just to the box office and said like, give them some tickets. Aww. Everything so What a guy. What yeah. a match. Yeah. So like, you know, obviously we talk about the misogyny and, and everything, <laughs> but in terms of like giving it back to the fans and everything, the stuff that kind of only gets talks about by the people fans. Who were there. Yeah. Like you know again that bragging about with the rock star image, but being quite humble about the actual good things you do, and sort of sure. like you know that doesn't need to be talked about. you don't need to, to go around saying well i I bought a hundred mm-hmm. tickets and gave them out to like you know just people I liked um yeah so it it starts wrapping up after that because I think the the Manchester gig is the one before hammersmith the ultimate, yeah, yeah. So it starts to to wrap things up like you know like and this is this is where I noticed this particular point. But in a lot of the documentaries like this, I feel that they don't interview Motorhead. They interview mm-hmm. Phil, they interview Mickey, and they interview Lemmy. Yeah, the they're very separate. There's very few shots of them all together, bar the stuff on stage. Like there's very few shots and directly of directly like, after as well. Like,
0: yeah. even then it's very quick.
1: Yeah, there's there's a few quick snippets. They never talk about the band together. They all mm-hmm. seem like three very very different individuals at times, which I've I only really thought of it then, but they they sort of interviewing Tim Butcher, the bass tech and, and Mickey about about Lemmy and this stuff we've already mentioned about, you know, he's got an image to live up to and that he'll he'll do this. Until he dies or they'll stop eventually when they have to bury him. Yeah. Um <laughs> but yeah, it's it's kind of a bit of a a sad note to end it on because it's a, it's like the homecoming gig to Hammersmith where they recorded No Sleep to Hammersmith, apparently. <laughs> um but then sort of saying they'll they'll just keep at it. I mean it's not like a sad note, but from the, the tone of the documentary, again you're saying like, Oh look at these these old guys still going at it.
0: And they still got some cracking albums out after this, mm. one not they? Like,
1: it doesn't seem like a triumphant thing. Because even mention it. It's like, well, they're not playing Wembley Arena. Yeah. They're playing Norwich they Civic it, <laughs> every... yeah.
0: You were saying, like, the ticket sales have gone down. Like, they're playing smaller venues. Mm. But they're still playing.
1: Yeah. It, I mean, guess it,
0: to the outside world, like, people outside of the scene, it's like, oh, big, big bands play big stadiums. But that's just not fucking true.
1: Yeah, it's just... I mean it's it's art isn't it it's subjective yeah. and it's like who's who's to say that Even
0: from a, like, a business point of view like you can still play a mid-sized venue and be very successful
1: yeah yeah i mean i've got i don't like big stadium gigs because i think they're too expensive i think there's too much emphasis put on production and
0: it's too far away from the fucking stage for but... yeah
1: yeah I, I i don't like it um there's very few gigs have been to where I've really enjoyed that I mean we saw Maiden twice didn't we mm. in one in the <clears throat> like stand in general admission for Book of Souls which
0: too much new stuff too much new stuff
1: yeah and then we saw The Greatest hits where we were in The Gods but you got a bit more of appreciation of like the set pieces and everything mm. but again it, it's like none were like particularly like oh that that was amazing best gig yeah. ever like the I always find it's the different. best gigs are sort of the it's too much
0: disconnect in a stadium, isn't it?
1: Yeah, especially for, like, I, I don't know what time it it's works. Like, they've always been like, oh, that was all right. Enjoy, I enjoyed that. Hmm. Everything, it's never been like, that was amazing.
0: Yeah. Well, uh, in terms of the documentary, the only other thing that was interesting to note was the fact that they used a lot of uh, Headcat stuff. Mm. It was like Big River was like uh, that, and uh, was it, I think there was one more. The, this, the main songs from it were uh, We Are Motorhead, you know, the new song, if you want to get that promoted. I'm guessing Lemmy had to okay what songs went in there or he hmm. asked these songs to go in there. And uh, You Better Run was peculiar, because like uh, I remember when that just appeared in the set list for like a year and a bit.
1: Yeah, I don't really get why either. I think it's, for me it's like too slow and slow. It's, it's a
0: slow jam, isn't it? Yeah. And this is even around the period when they sold that song to Nickelodeon so they could make You Better Swim Yeah. after that.
1: I said odds, well, not odd choices because they play out with Overkill and obviously Ace of Spades is in there, but I can't. You think they do a bit more on on some of the other? I mean, they they don't talk about any other members. No former member talk. Yeah. No, barely mention albums. They mention Ace of Spades and they mention No Sleep, and that's it. Like
0: it was just very focused on that one tour.
1: Yeah, very much, and sort of bits around but they it. They
0: didn't even say what the what the tour was, what album it was promoting.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know it was it's and hammered, isn't it? Detail. Like you can. Yeah,
0: we know that, but they they didn't mention that.
1: Yeah, um, yeah, barely anything about that. Just two thousand three tour, eleven shows, thirteen days. That's that's it. That's your lot in Wolverhampton Civic Hall, Manchester Apollo, Hammersmith. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: And then they didn't even, like, show much from Hammersmith, did they? I'm pretty sure all the video footage was from, uh, I don't know what that big stage they used to. If you can identify what the clips were from the video of the stage,
1: let us know. I'm sure some of the stuff where they're talking about Hammersmith, I'm sure that's the, the Manchester look, Apollo because yeah. it's got, like, the red... The red bars, mm-hmm. you know, is it sloping mm-hmm. upwards, and the red, the okay, red. I don't, um,
0: the, I don't know the interior of the Hammersmith well enough to judge it, but like they at least once towards the end they used hmm. Manchester when they were talking about Hammersmith. Yeah. Anyway, uh, anything else to note on that?
1: Um, no, nah, I've pretty much been through like all my notes, start to finish. Like, it's, I mean, it's
0: better to watch those those very detailed but it's sometimes boring documentaries because at least there's less uh, bias in them.
1: Hmm. Like this is this is just. Yeah, Just watch Lemmy the movie over this, because it's, it's from a, a bit, a touch later, not a lot later, so it's pretty much the band and similar sort of guys, and it's more detailed, it's more interesting. I, most I like of this happens.
0: one just because like it was in England, and it was around the time that I was going to the gig, so it will very familiar to me. If we can watch that Roadies episode, it's probably the best example. We will find it. I'm going to make it my quest to find it next month, not this month. We might have to do another episode before then. But I, it's going to be on the podcast at some point.
1: Yeah, we forgot to mention this is the first one we've done together since... Yeah, this is... February 20...
0: face and face. 20. And uh, it's the first one we've done without your bastard dog, since we did that last oh, one without your bastard me. dog. How is your bastard dog, no, Mark? <laughs> um,
1: he's He's getting better. Like, he's lost a lot of his teeth now, so... Good. Little yeah. biting bastard. I no, he still bites, but just here. not as much. Oh, bless him. Um,
0: <laughs> Full of pippin vigour. Vinegar? That doesn't sound right. Anyway, <laughs> uh, I don't know what we're going to do next month, but, uh, you know, tune in, and find out.
1: We'll find something. Yeah. I mean, this, this was <laughs> five minutes before we start. We need something <laughs> to talk about.
0: <laughs> and that'll be the same attitude you have next month on the Motorhead Monthly podcast. The only Motorhead Monthly podcast on the internet, named the Motorhead Monthly podcast. See you next time, everyone. Excelsior Boomer Lives.